And now Griff was better and wanted to go to antique fairs again, I had to chauffeur us to a lot of locations involving an overnight stay. Neither Carwin nor I, then, had what the experts call a good work-life balance, and the relationship wasn't going anywhere fast. I suspect Griff hoped that a stray 30-year-old Prince Charming might be learning the rumba, the dance of love, and that, without missing a step, we might fall head over heels with each other. Griff, of course, had long ago found his own Prince Charming, in the form of a rich dilettante called Aidan, who was far too old to be a prince, and to me at least was rarely charming. And to be honest, I wouldn't have trusted either of the old ducks of a handsome young man had smiled winsomely at them. But there were no young men in the class, handsome or otherwise, to make my heart beat faster. And though Griff was a most wonderful dancer, better by far than any of the others, the idea of two evening dances bookending a stint in the least attractive premises I've ever sold china in didn't appeal in the least. Our shop receptionist and general angel, Mary, now officially and blissfully Mrs. Paul Banner, encouraged me to see the brighter side of Torquay. There's a lovely department store down by the harbour, expensive but a lovely range of clothes, and despite what they say about Torquay being full of older people, this place definitely caters for the young. And, assuming I got a chance to shop there, where would I ever wear the lovely new clothes? Not while I was restoring exquisite china in my workroom in Kent, or visiting my father, Lord Ellum. Despite his title, Pa certainly wasn't noble. Not in his behaviour. In the past, at least. He'd never made any attempt to provide for me, even though I'd had to spend most of my life in care after my mother died. Despite this, I was the only one of my siblings who'd ever bothered to come back into his life. I suppose that I'd taken him on as a restoration project, much like the work I did on China for Griff. Now I'd repaired some of the cracks, as it were. Pa lived in Bossingham Hall, a stately home just south of Canterbury. It was there I had to head now, so I put on some of my older jeans and a washed-out T-shirt. You see, Pa didn't live in the posh part of the hall that the public paid the trustees to see. He lived behind the green baize door that had separated the family from the servants, the haves from the have-nots. He wasn't quite a have-not, because he shared his accommodation with a filthy load of assorted china and bric-a-brac, some you couldn't give away, some priceless, which he looked to me to sell whenever he needed a new supply of champagne. Well, this was his favourite, indeed at one time his only tipple. When I came on the scene, in addition to confiscating all his beloved pot noodles, I'd sternly introduced green tea into his diet, along with such outre items as green vegetables and fresh fruit. You were supposed to approach his below-stairs area via a track so potholed he'd been blacklisted by every single delivery driver. To protect the trip and town-end van suspension, I'd taken to sailing up the impressive public drive using the staff parking area. I'd only been told off twice so far, and walking through the gate marked strictly private. 
Pa didn't like this. He preferred to have advance notice of visitors so that he could stow away the tools of his forgery trade well away from suspicious eyes. That was another problem in my relationship with Carwin, having a career criminal as a father. Carwin had met and liked Pa without knowing, of course, the full details of his erratic income. Though I can't imagine he hadn't heard rumours. At least one of my police acquaintances was gunning for him. Pa approved of Carwin, profession apart, and, like Griff, would have been delighted to see me respectably married to a decent man, tending children rather than priceless china. Today, Pa greeted me, his fingers so clean I suspected he'd spent a long time scrubbing the ink from them with a triumphant flourish of a piece of paper.